Everybody, welcome. This is Yochaved. Thank you so much for joining me for this very special episode of A Deeper Conversation. You are about to hear a conversation that I had with my sister-in-law, Yael, a woman who is incredible, as you will no doubt hear, who I look up to tremendously and has been very inspiring to me as a person who is growing and learning and constantly taking on new spiritual challenges for herself. One of those challenges was a project that she did with the OU, which we talk about in this episode, on Tehillim. And so I know Yael did this, so I thought, like, wouldn't it be great to have a podcast dedicated to bringing more meaning into Tehillim? I'm sure most of you who are listening to this have ramped up your Tehillim saying over the last few weeks. I certainly have. But even with saying more Tehillim, what we want is to connect in an emotional way. We want it to be meaningful. We want it to be powerful. Sometimes it could just be saying words, or sometimes we do have a connection, but we would certainly always want it to be more. And so that's what this podcast is about. And I did something actually a little different in this podcast, um, where the first half is a conversation where we talk about Tehillim itself, and we talk about some strategies and tools and different things about Safer Tehillim, why it has such a central place um, in our connection and our relationship with Hashem. And in the second half of the podcast, we actually went into two or three um, kapitlach and looked at them in a little bit more depth. So this was an incredible, I thought it was just an incredible conversation. I would love to hear your feedback, your comments, your questions. And you can do that at a deeper conversation 120 at gmail.com. Email me if you have any questions, comments, feedback, if you're interested in sponsoring an episode. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you could donate monthly. You can go to maverickpodcasting.com and click on, the, click on the link to my page there. I appreciate all the supporters and all the messages that I get from people who listen. I really appreciate it. You could also follow the podcast on Instagram at a deeper conversation, um, although I really am not there that often. I just try to post the podcasts when they come out. So um, you, the email is the best if you want to reach me at deeperconversation120 at gmail.com. Thank you all so much. I hope you enjoy this conversation and it, it, it is as inspirational to you as it was for me having the conversation. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. This is A Deeper Conversation, the podcast for Jewish women. Welcome. Hey, Al, welcome to the podcast. Yochavet, it's so good to be here. Thanks for inviting I, me. Well, actually, this in a way is your podcast because I have to tell my audience this, probably some of them already know the story, but this podcast started from the Shmir Salashon chat that I do on WhatsApp. Because at one time I did like a few things on tefillah and people asked me to start a tefillah chat and I said, yeah, I'll do it as a podcast instead. I think that would be easier. Um, so that's how this podcast came about. And of course, the Shmir Salashon chat was originally yours that you had started. So really, we're all here because of you anyway. So I need to publicly thank you for that. <laughs> We've taken it and you run with it. And maybe there's a lesson for all of us there is all we have to do is plant a seed and the results and where it goes are not always up to us, but put in a little bit of effort. We're doing a fabulous job. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's really nice. So um, this is a little bit overdue. There was probably a, a few things that you and I could be talking about um, that would be really of interest, but specifically the reason why we're doing this now is because of a project that you did originally with the OU on Safer Tehillim. And I know that I have been much closer to my Tehillim in recent days than I was previously, and also sometimes feeling a little bit of, I don't want to say frustration, but maybe like a wish that I had it more at my fingertips or that I was able to connect to it better. And I've certainly heard that from so many people. Like, I just want to be able to say Tehillim with more meaning. So maybe just a little bit about how you got into talking about Tehillim, doing your project with the OU, 
and your thoughts overall about Tehillim. Yeah, so excited to talk about that. And what you're saying resonates for me, even though I've been involved with Tehillim for a long time, the Tehillim is definitely closer to me now than it has ever, ever been, even when I was in the midst of that project. I'll just give you a quick little example. Yesterday, I was at Ikea. I had to take care of something very mundane, and I was getting these messages popping up on my phone that the fighting in Gaza is even more intense. Please, everybody stop. Say some Tehillim. I was getting it from family members of mine who are there in Eretz Yisrael, and I, I was walking through Ikea, just repeating over a parak of Tehillim, Shiramalos, Mimamakim, Kresiyah Hashem, just over and over and over. And it's, I don't remember ever doing that in my life, ever, in any circumstance. And there it happened. Tehillim is closer to us in the predicament that we're in. And I think a lot of people share that sentiment of they're saying it or they want to say it, but they want to feel more connection to it and more meaning to it. So I'll tell you how I got started saying Tehillim in a more formal way, which is that um, somebody who I care about and I'm close to probably about a decade ago was going through a very difficult predicament. Um, And I felt helpless in the situation, but I very, very much cared about what was happening. And I, my instinct was just to turn to Tehillim, um, even though I actually did not find it very meaningful at that time. I just knew this is something that Jewish women do. And so I took it upon myself to say, Tehillim is broken down in three ways. So Tehillim is broken down into five sparum, actually five books corresponding to the five books of the Torah. It's broken down into a seven-day cycle. So you can say a section of Tehillim that corresponds to Sunday, a section of Tehillim that corresponds to Monday. So that by the end of the week, if you follow in that cycle, you've completed Sefer Tehillim. And then Sefer Tehillim is broken down into a 30-day cycle. So that, depending on how the Jewish month falls out, but if you say each segment, each one of those 30 days, every month you'll complete Sefer Tehillim. So when this person who I cared about was going through something very difficult, I kind of accepted upon myself temporarily during while the situation was happening that I would say it. And Baruch Hashem, overall, the situation resolved itself um, over several months. And I found but that- Hold on, hold on a second. You accepted yeah. to say the monthly? The monthly do... cycle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm really into <laughs> trying to do things consistently, but like in small bites. So that right. felt like- something significant that I was doing, but it was doable, which is right. key. saying safer to him every day. That's like a two and a half to three hour project. Right. <laughs> and I, I did it for several months. I forgot how long it was. And the situation kind of eased up and I, it just became part of my team my routine. And not that it was a nether, but I didn't feel like I could stop mm-hmm. or I didn't want to stop. I don't remember the feeling of that. And I just continued for years saying it. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that many of the times I was just saying the words, I knew intrinsically that they had power. I remember learning that from my teachers and Moros and, um, but I didn't necessarily feel that emotionally, but intellectually knowing that it was powerful was enough to get me to do it and to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And then over time with the work, I did find it more and more meaningful so maybe I'll just, oh, and then in terms of 
this OU project. And then maybe we could just talk about some strategies because I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing is like yeah. how to make film. So I had, um, as you referenced in the beginning, I had been doing these recordings and running this like WhatsApp group on Emuna and Bitachon, um, very short audio recordings. I was using Living Emuna originally as a basis, and then we went off into all the other directions. It turned into a group called Growing Up, and um, a very dear friend of mine, Rebetzin Dr. Adina Schmidman, who runs the OU Women's Initiative, had been listening. And I guess over time, I had developed this skill of being able to give a concrete message through audio in a very short amount of time. She'd approached me about doing some other things with them. It didn't speak to me. And then she asked me about doing a project um, in conjunction with their Nachyomi program, targeting high school girls on Safer Tehillim. And I said, let me think about it. Um, and I ended up doing the project. Um, it's called Tehillim 150. And what drew me to it was really two things. The first one, and you and I have talked about this, I think it was part of your motivation for exploring Shmir Salashan and doing, is that when you have to teach something, you are going to benefit more than anybody listening. 100%. Yes. <laughs> and that's so I was already saying to Helen that if I have to, you know, talk about each parak, then I'm gonna gonna and I'm gonna end up any benefiting. And if anybody else benefits, and that will just be like icing on the cake. But this will be a hachrach for me, something that I'm gonna have to do because I'm making a commitment and I'm gonna end up benefiting. So that was number one. The second really overarching motivation for me saying yes to that project was I did not find Tehill meaningful when I was in high school. I didn't find Tehill meaningful a decade after high school. I didn't find meaning Tehill meaningful probably in my second decade after <laughs> high school. And I had said a lot of Tehillim. Like I went through 12 years of yeshiva education and seminary. And if we daven, any formal davening, we're already saying Tehillim. Mm-hmm. So if there was an opportunity to make Tehillim meaningful for a girl during her adolescent years, and not because she has to, not because that's what they're doing at the assembly, um, but because it actually was meaningful personally to her, then what a huge opportunity for her to, to make that connection. And then she will hopefully return to Tehillim over and over. And that was really what motivated me to say yes, Amrach Hashem, from the feedback we've got, that the, those two goals were met. Personally, I benefited, and we know that it's impacted other people. So um, Tehillim150.org, you can find it on Spotify and or uh, Apple Podcasts, so you could check it out. And and the idea was hone in on one idea for about three minutes from each parak. Um, right. so that's the project. That's amazing. And I, I think what you're saying, uh, probably a lot of people experience, I know I, I had sort of the same thing where there's a catalyst, something happens. And so the instinctive response is to pick up to Hillam. Um, that's how I started doing the monthly also where somebody was ill and I decided I'll take this on to do this, but then picking it up and it not being that immediate connection that you would wish that it would be. And I have had that same experience also and trying now, especially what's, what's going on being like, okay, now actually now it's not, you know, it's serious. Now we really need to be able to connect it to Hillam. So what are, well, first of all, maybe let me ask you just more broadly, why safer to Hillam? Like, why is this what we're picking up all the time? Yeah. So this is like our Masora that's been handed down to us. And if you've been through the yeshiva education system, again, even if we haven't found it meaningful, most of us just know that's what you pick up and that's what you want to do. You hear something terrible happen to Hillam WhatsApp groups, start right away. These rolling to Hillams, you pick it up, you say it. Um, to Hillam is tefillah. 
So outside of Shmona Esrei, which was composed by the Anshei Knesset Hagazola, most of Artsphilos are rooted in Tehillim. There, there are parts from other parts of, you know, of Tanakh, um, from the Nevi'im, from Torah. But if you go, if you pick up your Siddur, starting maybe not with Moza'ani, but from Reish's Chachma, Reish's Chachma is from Tehillim. Most of Suke Zimra is from Tehillim, either entirely from Tehillim, like Perak 145 to 150 is all Tehillim. And even the things before that have into Tehillim interspersed with, um, within them. Even Arshmona Esrei, the words that we begin with, Hashem Sefasai Teptach, Ufi Agi it's from Tehillim. And the Yehi Ratzon that we say almost towards the end, that Hashem accept the the words of my of my mouth and just like even the thoughts in my heart comes from Sefer Tehillim. So Tehillim is the source of Tefillah. David HaMelech says, he says, who am I? I am Ani Tefillah, he says. That is how he defines himself. He doesn't say, I'm a king, I'm a warrior, I'm, you know, the progenitor of Mashiach, I'm the one who killed Goliath. He says, I am tefillah, like that is my essence. And our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is rooted in tefillah. And so Tehillim is the go-to tefillah. I mean, you can say shachris during certain hours of the day. You could say mincha during certain hours of the day. You could say mariv during certain hours of the day. But outside of just speaking to Hashem in your own words, which has tremendous value, Tehillim is what is a way to daven and connect to Hashem any moment of the day, any day of the year, any hour, any minute of the day. There's no zman tefillah regulating, regulating Tehillim. Um, there, there's the Yalkut Shemoni on um, Sefer Tehillim that says that David HaMelech asked Hashem to make the value of saying to Hillam as powerful as learning some of the most intricate parts of Torah, like on Taros and, and Kadshim. I think there's a little bit of Chikulikoideos. So we don't know if Hashem accepted that tefillah, but Tehillim has intrinsic intrinsic value. I I, I heard Rabbi Breitowit say this recently during um, Rosh Hashanah time, and then I actually read it recently, that the brisker Rav, the brisker Rav, who like, think about like <laughs> a huge Talmud, Talmud Chacham, who has probably almost never bitzel Torah, that on Rosh Hashanah, when he wasn't saying formal tefillos, he was not learning Torah. He wasn't pouring over Gemara. The brisker Rav was saying Sefer Tehillim on Rosh Hashanah, because he, this is what how they say it over, because he don't want to waste any time. That's how powerful Tehillim is. And I'll just share with you, I, I saw a quote from the Tzemach Tzedek, who is the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, the, the first, I think it's the first, Rebbe Menachem Mendel Schneerson, he says, and I actually wrote it down because I wanted to say it over, he said, that Tzemach Tzedek says that if we knew the power of Tehillim, we would almost never stop saying it. And it breaks barriers and brings down Rachamim, which is obviously what we need now. So whether I've ever heard someone say that, or we got it from our Moros, just instinctively, intellectually, this is our Masora, that Tehillim has been imbued with power, with mm -hmm. impact. And so you mentioned before the value of saying your own tefillah, and there's certain part times, like in Shemona where a person could stop, and there's a, a room for your own tefillah, which 
is very powerful. But if somebody had to pick one or the other, what would you say? I don't know if it's an either or situation. Like if people are saying, well, I'm going to do one and not the other, but I'm saying the value of saying Tehillim versus saying my own tefillah, what would you say that that is? So I guess I, I wanted to preface this that like, I'm not a posig, I'm not a rabbi, <laughs> and I'm really, really not even a scholar in any way on Sefer Tehillim. I've just said a lot of Tehillim and it's something that I've thought about and I've learned about. So I don't want to make a sack. Women are supposed to daven formally. Um, different degrees, depending on what stage and phase they are at life and how much time they have. There is no doubt that speaking directly to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to, our whole day is supposed to be in conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but the two are, they're not mutually exclusive. There is power in Sefer Tehillim. Tehillim was written with Ruach HaKodesh and it was written for all time. There's some sources that say every David HaMelech captured in Tehillim every human emotion and every human experience of all Neshamos that have come down to this earth. If somebody's not connecting with Sefer Tehillim yet, I don't think it happens instinctively. It takes work. Most of us are not native Hebrew speakers. And even if you are, this is written in Lashon HaKodesh, but most of it was written as Shira, as song. So like all tefillah, tefillah is referred to as Avoda Shabalev. The Avoda part is work. <laughs> it takes, you know, it takes work. But anything that you work hard at, the... The fruits of that labor are so much, so much sweeter. So it's a worthwhile investment. I think there's some strategies. Oh, that was going to be the next thing I asked you. It's a perfect segue. Like, what are the strategies for somebody who wants to really make Tehillah meaningful? Okay. So strategy number one is the same as we do in any area of life, which is ask Hashem for help. And that's literally what we do before we say Shimon Esrei, coming from Sefer Tehillim, we say, Hashem I'm about to say Shimon Esrei, Hashem, help me use the power of speech to connect to you, to, to sing your praises. So you can just say, this is a perfect way to combine the two of talking to Hashem directly and formally saying the words of Tehillim, say, Hashem, I'm going to say a parak of Tehillim, help Help me connect you through it. Help me find meaning in it. And in every any area of Ishtalis, whether it's raising our children, whether it's um, making a living with anything at work, whether it's cooking of, you know, trying to cook a beautiful Shabbos meal, which is Hashem help me. So that's that's always our first strategy was in any effort, ask Hashem to help you. And when you ask for a little, Hashem gives gives a lot um, and he'll open up. That's strategy number one. Strategy number two, without a doubt, is get yourself a really good translation. (laughs) Um, Unless you are a scholar and understand the words and can go through the Mepharshim, it's really really difficult. So we live in a time where there's so many amazing resources in English. Um, Obviously, like Art Scrolls, the go-to for many, the Koren has one. My personal favorite is um, a translation called Psalms That Speak to You by Rabbi Yitzchak, uh, Rabbi Yitzchak Bell. Um, I really, as soon as when I started using his translated translation, it upgraded my Tehillim experience because it's not 
a literal translation using um, Rashi and some of the other Mephoshim, Mepharshim. It's a bit more of a conceptual translation. And that was extraordinarily helpful. It also didn't use words like now and thy, you know, it was much mm -hmm. more contemporary language. So ask Hashem for help, get yourself a translation. Um, another strategy that can be helpful is actually singing. I, I'm not a particularly <laughs> musical person. I don't particularly have a good voice, but um, Tehillim, which was mostly written as Shira, was actually sung in the Beis HaMikdash, and Mertz Hashem will be sung again very, very soon in the final Beis HaMikdash, oh, was man. written as Shira, and there are songs, if you've gone to camp, if, if you've gone to school, if you listen, you know, to Debekis and, and, and you will recognize songs throughout Tehillim. So when you're saying one and you come across a song that you're, you, you come you know those words to a tune, stop. And instead of just saying it, sing it. Because music touches the soul in a way that words don't. And I have found that personally very helpful in terms of connecting to Tehillim is to sing the words. Um, That's such a good one. Okay, I'm going to try that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and, and going slow, like I, I happen to like the 30 day cycle and from talking mm -hmm. to a lot of women, I think that works for a lot of women because it feels really doable. Yeah, um, it takes about like seven, eight minutes usually, I, I think to do yeah. each day, you know, I guess depending on how slow you go, but if you were going to read the words and you're fluent enough in Hebrew, then that's about how long it takes, I think. Yeah, but there, there are 150 programs. So let's say somebody doesn't say to helmet at all now, and they really don't have a lot of time to so do one parak a day. Mm -hmm. The key is to have it be meaningful. None of us want to have a robotic relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Tzfila, which is what Tehillim is, is all about connecting with Hashem, connecting with our creator. It's like going through the motions of you can be polite to your spouse or to your kids, or your, your friends, and like kind of say the right things, or you could be really there and caring and present. No, nobody wants to have robotic relationships. Our most important relationship, hands down, is between is our personal relationship between us and Hashem. So say one to Hillam, learn it, find some meaning in it, so that you can say it with Kavana and then move on. Maybe you'll say one Tehillim a week and you'll work on that Tehillim. I think that by far has more value than just saying it without understanding what you're saying. The Chobos Alavavos, when it talks about Tefillah, it says that, and, and there is value in just saying it. I, I think mm -hmm. we should talk about that also. Um, first mm -hmm. of all, there's there's value in having a routine. Mm -hmm. Like davening. Davening is hard. It's a vodash but there's value in just davening every day so that you'll have that good Shmon Esrei. You'll have that good Mincha. You'll have that good Esrei. If you're only saying it when you're inspired, well, you may never be inspired. So there's something to be said about we just do things um, to have that routine so that it lays the foundation for all the work and the process to happen. So there's value in just saying it. But and also, yeah, I want to hear, no, I want to hear what the says, but also just to, to, like kind of add or or highlight, accentuate what you just said. You talked about saying to Hillam for basically 10 years or 12 years before it, something clicked. And I think that that's actually part of the process. That like those 10 years weren't wasted. Like it could be that that's kind of what you needed to get to the point where you're able to now connect more emotionally, 
and 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 really sort of understand and make it more personal. So I feel like that's also part of the process where we just have that routine and we have that consistency. We say it no matter what. And all of that could be part of the hishtadlis of making it meaningful. Yeah, I think that's very true. It, it makes me think about like almost like when we're mechanich our kids. We have them go through the motions of things that we know at the stage and age they're at, they're not going to appreciate inherently the value of what we're doing, but we're setting themselves up so that when they reach Barabar Mitzvah, or maybe, you know, when they're 20 or 25, now all those things that they've had down as a routine, now they can connect to it in a more significant way. Yeah. Okay. So sorry, go back to, you said the Chobos Halvavos. Yeah, the Chobos Halvavos, and it talks about tefillah, which again, that's what Tehillim is. Tehillim is tefillah. Um says that if you daven without kavana, he, he likens it to a body without a soul or a peel without fruit inside. So like, imagine like taking like an orange, right? Like this beautiful orange, like this, you know, sun-kissed and like you peel it off and it's empty inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I guess you could do other things. If you're like a sophisticated cook, you could probably do something with that orange peel. Um, so the main idea isn't there. The main, the main idea isn't the there. Point, yeah. The point, yeah. The point of the peel is not there. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to be robotic. There's value in saying the, the words. There's exponentially more value when you find meaning in the words. And it's a tool to connect you to Hashem. Wow. Okay, so maybe what we could do now is go just highlight a few prakim a little bit. Um, I've never done this with anybody on the podcast before. It's usually more conversational, but we are in extraordinary times, um, which is what prompted me to have this conversation. But um, Tehillim is always, I mean, I have like a vision of grandmothers, my husband's grandmother, just like sitting and saying Tehillim. And again, this is what we sort of started off the podcast with. It's such a, it, it's like we we know instinctively that we want that to be us that we want to be able to have that comfort. We want to have that relationship with Hashem where that Tehillim is like a, you know, it's almost like picking up a phone or it's picking up like a communication that allows me to connect to Hashem. So, okay. So the first one, maybe let's do, should we do Kufir Chas first, which sure. is one one eighteen, And I think this is very appropriate for what we're going through now, because specifically it deals with fear. So something that I'm seeing are hearing about a lot, experiencing a lot myself, honestly, um, it's a very scary time. So maybe um, I'll let you talk a little bit about Per Kufir Ches. Sure, yeah. And that I have right in front of me here. No, I think of Kufir Ches. I think like of this parak as being the antidote to fear. Um, and I think we're all feeling fear in a more, in a deeper way um, that many of us ever have. Um, so we'll go through it a little bit. In the beginning, David HaMelech, begins the parak with Hodu Lashem Kitov Kiliolam Chasto. He's first recognizing the Hoda, giving thanks to Hashem and recognizing, establishing that Hashem is good, that everything he does, Olam forever, is, is built around Chesed. Um I'm gonna jump down to Pasake. Says this is uh probably most of us are familiar. Min Hamitzar Karasika Anani Bamerkavka. In narrow straits I call to Hashem Hashem answered me, like whiteness with relief. Every day when I say Tehillim now, I have found Tehillim coming more and more alive. When I say this now, what's coming to my mind is I think of these 20-year-old soldiers 
right? Jewish boys in uniform in Gaza right now going through narrow corridor, you know, narrow corridors where like any step could be a booby trap, could be a mind. David HaMelech, for context, he was a warrior. He spent decades of his life fighting the Plishtim. He very much experienced being in very narrow straits. Um, and then Hashem gives him this whiff, this, this breath. Um, right. And just for geography, the Plishtim or the specific area in R.C. Stroll where the Plishtim live is actually Gaza. I did not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the, that was where the Plishtim lived in that specific area that we call now the Gaza Strip. So. Yep. To Helma speaks <laughs> to what is happening. The next Pusik, this is the antidote to fear. If we could put this in a bottle and give it out, you know, pump it into our veins, give me the IUV. This is what Zavid tunes into. Hashem li lo ira. Hashem is with me, and so I won't be afraid. What can man do to me? Can we bottle that? He feels fear. It's not that he doesn't feel fear. Fear is like this instinctive, basic human emotion. But then like once the fear happens, then we can do something with that fear. There's an antidote to it. I tune in to that Hashem's with me. If Hashem is with me, what is there to fear? Hashem created the world. He created he created every human being. He created every circumstance. Hashem li lo ira. When Hashem is with me, there's no reason to be afraid. Is there a single person? Is there a single terrorist? Is there a single anybody who could do something who's stronger than Hashem? No. Hashem li ba'azrei. Hashem is with me. He's my helper. With Hashem at my side, I can face my enemies. It is better to seek shelter with Hashem than to trust in any man. And I'd say it's not just man, it's any institution. Any government. Yeah. Any government, any market, any, 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 any anyone. Here he speaks really to the government, right? It's better to seek shelter with Hashem than to trust in any kind of ruler or prince or powerful force or person called Gayim Savavuni. The nations surround me, the shame Hashem, but in the name of Hashem, I cut them down. I saw a video, you know, there are all these videos going around on WhatsApp um, today of a group of soldiers. Clearly, they looked like Gaza, like they were in Gaza. You could see the rockets going in the sky. They're in a circle. There's a, a commander in the middle riling them up. And they're shouting Shema Yisrael, and they're shouting Enod, Enom Nevaldo. And we are surrounded literally by our enemies right now. On the north, on the south, coming from Yemen, um, on social media, <laughs> right? Enemies all around. Well, and I think that that's, that's what's so unique yeah. about this situation is that because of social media, because we're all connected, so we really feel like we're there more so than maybe in previous conflicts that existed, where we have so much access to videos and media, but it also does feel global, meaning the anti-Semitism is global, protests are global, wherever you go, you know, I mean, this it's such a powerful parak. I was talking to a friend yesterday and she's saying, I'm, she was speaking to this fear. I'm just so scared and I don't know what to do. And it's like also a broader conversation about Hishtadlis, like what should you be doing right now as far as like protecting yourself? But I was sort of saying what you sort of alluded to is that you can't, there's no place that you could run away from Hashem and whatever Hashem wants to happen is going to happen. And fear is, 
not just that it's natural that you said David HaMelech, of course, felt fear, but that also sometimes that fear is such a powerful force for, um, it, or it's an opportunity, I should say, to really either to daven, to connect to Hashem, to realize who is actually going to save you, who's actually going to be able to help you, and of course, who is not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, David's, David says Anitvila, but his other modus operandi was all about emuna and bitachon. Right, Amuna is that intellectual knowledge that Hashem is real, that He runs the world, that He's all powerful, that He's the only causative force in the world, and then Bitochon is taking that intellectual knowledge and it and it's living with it. It's having it animate your psyche and your um, your emotional responses to to the world. So we see that over over again in Sefer Tehillim, and actually you see it with David Amelach, whether he's in a state of fear. Um, because he's in a cave and Shaul's coming with his all alone and Shaul's coming with his men to kill him, or he's with a whole group of warriors on a battlefield. We see it also when he experiences success. He was a successful warrior. Mm -hmm. He was able to bring the Aron to Yerushalayim. He's able to buy the land and establish a place for the, the where the Beis HaMikdash where his, that his son Shlomo Melech would ultimately build. He had a lot of success. His fear, his threats, and also his success, he always brings it back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I can't do anything. I can't win my against my enemies. I can't bring the Aron. I, I can't compose to him. I can't do anything without Hashem allowing me to do that and Hashem bringing all Hatzlacha in any endeavor. He doesn't take credit for any of his, his successes in any arena of his life. I I feel like going back to like a strategy is maybe as people move to, to, to find Tehillim more meaningful is as somebody moves through Safer Tehillim to find like their parak and, and it could change like, <laughs> you know, this week or this year, but like to hone in on like one or two prakam or maybe even one or two psukim that speak to a person and to say them over and over again. The Beis HaLevi has a mamar on bitachon and he talks about a strategy to build bitachon is to find Sukkim, the vast majority of them that he has in his, that they have in, on the list are actually from Sefer Tehillim, and to just repeat them like a mantra over and over and over. So some people will use Enon Malvado. Maybe some will use this idea of Hashem Li Lo Ira Mayaseli Adam. Nobody is stronger than a Baruch Hu. and that is the antidote to fear. That's amazing. That's great. Okay. I want um, to this podcast to go on forever. Obviously can't, but is there anything else from this parak maybe that you would want to highlight or should we go on to another one? You know what? I want to add one other idea here. Yeah. Some people have an easier, and I'm, I'm including myself in this, in this yeah. bucket, have an easier time applying Amun Ambitachon to really big things like mm -hmm. the war happening now. Or I remember when the Russian invasion of Ukraine was happening and I was just like tuned into like Hashem is like maneuvering the pieces. Like it seemed, seems like so clear to me. And sometimes it's harder to do that on the much smaller scale. Like, why isn't my kid getting out of bed and going to school? <laughs> like a fine bitachon in those areas. But you know what? This kid, right, who I love to pieces, but like is pushing my buttons and making, mm -hmm. you know, the, the particular, you know, the morning routine or the night routine really hard right now. Like they can't do something to me either. Like Hashem Lilo, your Maya Like he can't do anything. 
I, I think it's just important right now we're in a Sarah, we're dealing with enemies in a very, very physical and challenges in a very physical way in a way that most of us have probably never, ever experienced in our life. And it's like so visceral, but we all have frustrations and we all have challenges and we have other things that bring fear or anxiety or worry into our lives and being able to use this to tap into like the small things also is, is, is real. Um, and powerful and it will it, it will help create just this consistent vein throughout our lives it's not just the big stuff it's the really right. small things as well right and and really actually changing and improving a person's quality of life right because okay. we do we get we get hung up on a lot of stuff or feel like you know why didn't this happen when did that happened like because my kid your example the kid not getting up for school um so now i'm late and now i'm frustrated and now i'm frazzled and like you know what's wrong with my kid or you know, I don't know, whatever. Hashem's running the show there too. <laughs> Hashem right. is stronger than any, you know, eight-year-old or 14-year-old or 20-year-old or any Hamas terrorist across the board. That's right. Okay. So maybe we'll go to um, Parakuf Aleph, um, which is one that a lot of people have been saying over and over again, especially now. It's one of the more famous, famous ones. Um, and that is... People will know it. Essa El Haharim. So maybe we could talk about that a little bit because I think that that also um, resonates really well with what's going on in the world. Yeah, this is. Um, if I had to pick a parak as a whole, Kafchaf Aleph as a whole is my favorite parak before before October seventh as well. Um, and and so let's take a look at it. So Shira Malos El Harim So this parak really opens up with a question. I, I lift my eyes up and it's a question like, where is my help going to come from? We need help. Pasuk Beis is the answer. My help is Rimeim Hashem. My help has one source. It's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Who is Hashem? Osa Shemayim Aretz. He's the one who created the heavens and the earth. That's a pretty impressive accomplishment, right? Like creating the world. Hashem is the creator and the sustainer of the world. He can certainly help me. He could help us in our war right now. He could help me with my parenting. He could help me with the shidduch. He could help me with a health crisis. Any help I need, it comes from Hashem, the creator of the world. Um, he doesn't let our, our feet slip. He's not a guard that slumbers. I, I remember when I did this parak for Tehillim 150, I thought about, I think I spoke about the idea of like picturing like you have a bodyguard, like a really big, tough guy who like, just by looking at him, like that's all you need, you know, <laughs> he, doesn't mm -hmm. need, he doesn't need to have anything else on him except just the way he looks. But even the best bodyguard, the best secret service agent, the best Shinbet agent, the best Mossad agent, like they need to sleep. They, I mean, they may be somewhat sleep deprived, but they can't go a week without sleeping, right? Hashem is our Shomer. He doesn't need a nap. He's not scrolling and getting distracted on any device. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He is the Shomer Yisrael. Hashem Shomrecha. Hashem is your protector. Hashem Tzilcha Al-Yad Hashem is the shade at your right hand. This particular Pasuk, Pasuk Hay, is the reason that this is my favorite parak. 
The Mepharshim explain Hashem Tzilcha Yad Yiminecha, Hashem is the shade at your right hand. Some of them explain Tzilcha to be like your shadow. So I, your shadow is always with you. Like I'm going to invite the listeners to take their right hand right now and actually put your fingers on your cheek. So you I'm doing it now also, everybody. <laughs> so am I. So I feel my fingers right on my cheek. I feel my fingers are kind of cold, the flesh touching flesh. My shadow is even closer. And Akash Baruch is even closer to us than our fingers are to our cheek right now. Always. Wherever I am in any predicament at all, Hashem is right there with me. Sometimes I see my shadow. Sometimes I'm walking down the sidewalk and the angle of the sun and the way the trees are and the clearing on the street. And I can see my shadow. And sometimes it's small and sometimes it's big. And sometimes there's no sun at all. When it's dark out, I can't see my shadow, but the shadow is part of me. It's always with me. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us. He's he's closer to you than your fingers just were to your cheek. And I find tremendous comfort in this. Hashem shomrecha, Hashem silcha He's right there with me. Whether I see it, like I see his presence, I feel his presence, like when that it's a beautiful day that's perfect for shadows or it's, it's the dark of the night. I don't see the shadow. I still have it with me. So... This is what we are never alone. That's really, that's really the idea that I take out from this. Hashem, our help comes from Hashem, and He's with us always. I'll just go to the end. Hashem Yishmarcha Mikolra Yishmar Snafshecha. Hashem will protect you from all harm. He'll protect your soul. Hashem Yishmar Tzeischa Vuecha Miatavyaralam. Hashem will guard your going and your coming now and always. My uh, my eight year old son just got a brand new scooter, and I, I was writing his name on, and I actually just wrote this pasuk without Hashem's <laughs> name on a scooter. That's the idea of tefillah. That's the idea of tehillim that we're supposed to take it with us into every aspect, every aspect of our, our lives. And maybe Yochavad, maybe with your permission, I'll share with you. This is my favorite parak, but can I share with you my favorite line? Yeah. Okay. So. You mean now from this parak, from a different parak? Yeah, from a different parak. Okay. Which parak am I going to? Because I might tell them in front of me. So if you go to parak Nunhei, which is okay. parak 55. Okay, I know which one you're talking about already. And it's it is Chaf Gimel, mm-hmm. 23. I've turned to this Pasuk so many times once I understood what it means and once I felt a connection. Well, here's how I felt the connection. Cast your burden, your problems upon Hashem. He will bear your burden. We're very small people, right? And, yeah. and our problems, whether they were prior to October 7th, can sometimes feel very, very overwhelming. Certainly now it's exacerbated. We are never ever alone. Hashem, like we just said, is Hashem is uh, um, Hashem Tzilcha. Hashem's with us. We don't have to bear it. Take what's on your mind. Take your fear about the war. Take your fear about Jews in America. Take your fears about anything at all. Your shidduch situation, health problems, issues with your. Everybody has things that they're contending with. You're not in it alone. Cast your burden on Hashem. And he will bear it with you. Could you ask for a better therapist? 
could you ask for a better partner in life than Hashem? And I'll just give you the context of this parak, which we're not going to go through the whole parak now. It's a, a bit of a lengthy parak. Was um, Devin Amelech had a, I believe he was a general. He was someone high up in, in named Achitofel in David's army. He was a general. He was an advisor. He's actually, I'm going to explain, David's chavrusa as well. They learned Torah and he totally turned on David. He turned on him. He went to the other side. It was tremendously painful. David HaMelech takes his burdens and he says, Hashem, I cannot bear this alone. I am taking my burden. I'm casting it upon you. And you, you can you can bear it with me. And I have found this personally, just saying this Pasuk when I'm in any kind of difficulty. And that difficulty, it's so mundane that I don't even want to say them out loud, right? <laughs> and Hashem's with me. And when we turn to Hashem, then we, the relationship is two-way. We see that, we see that in, um, we see that in Tehillim, we see that throughout Chazal, we see that in Munan Bitachon, that it's a reciprocal relationship. The more that you lean in on Hashem. The more you talk to him, you will experience Hashkacha Pratis. You will experience Yad Hashem. You will experience Hashem's presence, presence in your life. Tehillim is a gift. I think when we picture, you were talked about um, um, your grandmother and our shared grandmother um, right. that we picture. I think that with age comes wisdom. And there's a reason that we think of our grandmothers and our grandfathers saying to him is because through their life experience, they see the gold, they see the opportunity that to him is our racha should be, should be that, that we should connect that Kaddish Baruch Hu using Tehillim as a tool. Um, and may we experience Yeshua and connection um, to Hashem through every every simcha and also every tzara that we face. Oh, man, thank you so much. Yeah, I, that is like a perfect way to end. I have nothing to add. So that's amazing. And I will put the link to Tehillim 150 in the show notes here. So you could go to that and check it out. Um, and I really appreciate that you made the time. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks, Yochanan.